This is Free Talk Live. It is the Friday edition of the show. Kicking off hour one, you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so do enjoy them. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for access to their websites. We give it away. Freetalklive.com. Starting things out with the phone calls. Let's go to Brian in Colorado on the amplifier line. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? I wanted to talk about heroin. Oh, boy. That's the best topic in the world. <laughs> now, go ahead. What's, uh, what's on your mind about it? Well, you know, the people wringing their hands about, you know, if we legalize heroin, everyone will be a heroin junkie. That's right. There'll be vending machines on the side of the road in the schools, even. Exactly. But I, I was at the liquor store on my way home from work today, mm-hmm. and I'm looking around, and I'm seeing I can get any flavor of vodka that I, that I would imagine. I get all kinds of liqueurs and all kinds of scotches. There's a big choice. Sure. Now, when, when alcohol prohibition was around, you had moonshine, and you didn't, didn't know what was in it. But when they ended that, now we have this great free market of alcohol, and and um, well, somewhat uh, free market. Are able to experiment and find out what the market wants. So, so who's to say that if uh, we remove the prohibition on heroin and other drugs, the same kind of experimentation would probably take place? It I mean, may. you'd have you'd have kind of a very mild heroin maybe to start the day. I mean, you could go to Starbucks <laughs> and get a you know a shot of hazelnut and a shot of heroin to get you going. You know, there might be another kind of heroin mixed with something else, you know, uh, MDMA, to do your, you know, Saturday night uh, parties. I don't know. I mean, is heroin a party drug? I am, I always got the impression that people that do heroin just sort of veg out on the couch or the bed or something like that. Well, we don't know. Maybe. maybe well, I don't, at, at I don't know, and you don't know. He doesn't know. That's a, a heroin user's know. True. <laughs> well, not just heroin. Cocaine. I mean, you know, uh, uh, pick your pick your poison. We, we we can't experiment with these things because of the prohibition. So That's true. we don't know what kind of of uh, mild you know effects we might get short of being stoned all day. Right. Yeah. Maybe they'll come up with a, a version of cocaine that's perfectly safe for truck drivers to use to get through the night. I don't know. Yeah. But we won't know as long as it's uh, uh, prohibited. One one thing's for sure: they'll come up with different types and uh, different variations. I, right. I, I would say that 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 much is true. There'll be strong stuff. There'll be mild stuff. And uh, you know, you're, you're probably right. I, I don't know. I certainly don't want to try this stuff. Um, there's lots of people out there that know that tobacco is addictive, and um, they never try it. And there's lots of people that know that alcohol's, uh, I believe, alcohol to be addictive at least. Um, and they never try it either. Yeah, and there's certainly plenty of varieties of tobacco products available out there as well. So I think you're right about that. Um, pres- presuming there's enough demand, I don't know. I think that heroin's still going to be more of a niche product than, say, tobacco and cigarettes. But, you know, it could be wrong, I suppose. Well, so is 15-year-old single malt scotch. I mean, there's only so many people who can afford or appreciate that. I see. But it's not for everybody. Touche. You know. Good point, man. Anything else on your mind? Well, just looking forward to uh, seeing you guys and everybody else uh, in Concord in February. Fantastic. I guess you'll be attending the Free State Project's Liberty Forum, which we'll be talking more about. Thank you for the call, Brian. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line. So, will there be heroin vending machines on the side of the road if we legalize heroin? I don't know. Um, no, not very likely. I don't know. I mean, I, th- it could very well be. There could very well be. I don't know that it matters. What do you mean? What difference does it make? Who am I to say whether somebody does heroin or not? Um, as long as they aren't driving a motor vehicle, 
I, I, I just don't have much to say about that. What I, um, the, the biggest concern for me is that people are doing heroin now, today, yeah. and because of the war on drugs, that heroin is really high-priced, and because of the really high price, those people can't work at Burger King in order to supply their habit, and consequently, they're willing to commit crimes. And that's a, that's crimes a big concern. against me. That's a big concern against you and your family right? Uh, and friends. And that that is a big concern. But also a concern for me is for the user as well, who is purchasing a product on the black market. Brian mentioned Moonshine back in Prohibition days. That's all pretty much that you could get, and you're rolling the dice as to whether or not it was going to make you blind, Right. So heroin's the same way. It's an illegal product made by criminals, and they don't have quality control. When you buy something off the shelf, when you walk into Walmart, um, pick a bottle of NyQuil off the shelf or whatever it is you're buying, that's been through a, a quality control process. Right. They have a person at the laboratory that checks to make sure that the formula is being mixed right, that everything is, is going into uh, the bottle correctly. These things don't happen in the black market, and so as a result, you get impurities. You get doses, for, perhaps, that are much higher than the user may expect. In some cases, you get a dose that's much lower than the user might expect, but in some cases, you get that high dose, or, or maybe it's uh, impure somehow. Maybe there's something else that's been mixed in there. Maybe it's been cut with something. I don't know if they cut heroin. I know they do that with cocaine, but you could have a, an overdose as a result of an extra extra strong dose to, that you weren't expecting you could have a uh, complication as a result of it being uh, mixed with something else and these are things that put um these users in danger now you may be sitting back and saying well they're heroin users they deserve it no they don't they're people with problems they're people who you might know that have problems and you wouldn't feel the same way if you discovered that one of your best friends secretly was a heroin user. And the way you discovered it was that he died over the weekend because he shot up a little too much and he thought he wasn't, uh, you know, he thought he was getting his normal dose. But it's, in fact, the dose was ten times what he normally took. And uh, you'd feel pretty rotten if that's what you discovered after the fact. I don't know about ten times, but um, it, it seems to me that I know that uh, when it comes to cocaine, and, I, and just like you, I, I don't know the specifics about heroin, but I know that they cut cocaine with pretty innocuous stuff, um, you know, mild stuff. And they do it pretty much every step of the the whole black market process. Mm -hmm. Every dealer that gets it in his hands wants to have more, more than profit. he has. So he puts more stuff in there. And, and pretty much cocaine's, uh, you know, people expect to have a certain level of cocaine um, cutting when they, you know, down on the street level. Mm -hmm. Well, if one guy along the way gets skipped or if the process, you know, um, you know, he decides not to cut his for whatever reason, he just needs to sell it. It it seems like one or two guys um, skipped in there. You could have a, a dose that's twice as much as it normally is. If you take twice a dose of heroin as you normally take, it's going to kill you. It could. It, it does. 1-800-259-9231. People die every day in the United States from overdoses. And that could be stopped. Do they do they die from overdoses of over-the-counter drugs? Do they die every day? I don't know. I would just guess. Uh, they there would. really but, aren't that many. In fact, there's more people that die from improperly prescribed prescription drugs in America than there are people that die only from overdoses of illegal drugs. Only 365 people would have to die um, yeah. in, Amer in America out of That's 250 true. million people. Um, maybe uh, maybe of all illegal drugs, but I don't know if it's just heroin. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm I'm certainly not an expert. I I couldn't tell you. So we talk about uh, we've certainly talked about the war on drugs plenty of times on Free Talk Live. But if you've still got a vision, maybe for the uh, legal drug future uh, for America, you can certainly share it with us, or maybe your country. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Does it sound scary to you? 
the idea of legalizing heroin? Is this an outrageous episode of Free Talk Live that we're even suggesting these things? 1-800-259-9231. Because there are certain consequences to having a war on drugs. And we touched on two of them already. One, that people can overdose and get hurt by improper, um, improperly made products, narcotics. The other one, that your family members um, and you could even be harmed physically or perhaps just have your property stolen from you by an addict who is looking for cash to get his next fix. These are two consequences, unintended consequences, of the war on drugs. But there's another one. As we go to ABC News, Misty Fetko, a mother of two teenagers, I said we were going to do this story last night, we didn't get to it, got up early to walk the dog before she roused her boys from bed one summer day in 2003. Her eldest son, Carl, a gifted guitar player and award-winning artist at his Ohio high school, never woke up. Fetko said his friends told me his smile made their day of her 18-year-old who had just been accepted to the Memphis College of Art. Mm. In the past, she had found empty bottles of Robitussin in their suburban New Albany home. But she had no idea Carl had a two-and-a-half-year drug habit. Fetko's skills as an emergency room nurse were of no use when she entered Carl's bedroom and administered CPR. She discovered he died in his sleep of an accidental overdose of the cough syrup, uh, cough syrup Robitussin. Really? Yep. You know, I, I've, I read a, I think it, think it was a Nova article on uh, dextromethorphan, and they said that they had done studies on it and that found it to be safe. Well, you have to remember, Mark, dextromethorphan hydrobromide isn't the only active ingredient Quiacin? in Robitussin. There's more stuff in there than just yeah, Robitussin. There is. More on the way, or just DXM. On DXM and its use and abuse. Coming up, 800-259-9231. And yeah, this one's legal for now. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. They're completely free, and that does include updates. You get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. That's updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list updates.freetalklive.com Brian in Colorado started out the show we started out the show with his call he mentioned that he was going to be attending the New Hampshire Liberty Forum which is going to be put on by the Free State Project coming up in 2007 in fact uh, from February 23rd through the 25th and you can get registered now learn more meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel you know him from ABC News 2020 Big time. Michael Badnarik and many more, the most influential libertarians in America, will be there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Now then, we're talking drugs. Specifically legal drugs. Or at least drugs that are legal for now. I'm sure the if the government gets its way, there's going to be all kinds of restrictions put on this particular product. But what we're talking about is Robitussin. You know, NyQuil. Those products that you can take to relieve your cough and stuffy, what is it? they got like 15 different things that those products do. Yeah. Relieves stuffy it, head, cough, fever, cold, whatever medicine. Oh, the stuffy head, fever, so yeah. you can rest medicine. Yeah, 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 that stuff. That's what we're coughing, talking about. A- coughing, aching, stuffy head, fever, so you can rest medicine. Did you know? Did you know that kids, and I'm sure some adults as well, I guess this guy was an adult technically, 18 years old. That these kids are uh, chugging entire bottles of Robitussin? I've done it. 
<laughs> you have? I have. Wow. Well, you can't sip it. It's awful. Ew. Yeah. You really wanted to get high, didn't you? Yeah. I guess I did. That was the mo- that's the has to be the motivation, right? I mean, because well, to get high is the motivation. Right. I it's a lot say- easier to take an illegal drug. All you have to do is pop a you know hit of LSD in your mouth or uh, yeah. swallow a pill of MDMA. I mean, that's easy. I would say that um, you're you're jumping to a conclusion that somehow LSD is better or more desired than mm-hmm. dextromethorphan, and I wouldn't say that that's what I felt at the time. I see. So what was your motivation? To get high. Okay. How many bottles does it take? I've never done this. Um, well, you can get pretty high on four ounces, and you can get really high on eight, and you oh can my. get super high on 12. Well, this guy... And you I probably vomit. I'm not sure how many he drank, but it sounds like he drank more than one, maybe. Um, because you do... Don't you develop a tolerance to, uh, to DXM, dextromethorphan hydrobromide, the active chemical, the chemical that is uh, being sought when you're drinking Robitussin? Don't you develop a, a tolerance to where if you do it fairly often, you're going to need to drink more than 4, 8, or 12 ounces? I can't answer that. I don't okay. know. I didn't do it often enough, I guess. Well, um, this lady, Ms. Misty Fetko, woke up one morning and discovered that her 18-year-old son, who apparently was a fairly promising young man, I mean, he had just been accepted to the Memphis College of Art, a uh, gifted guitar player, award-winning artist, he was dead because he overdosed on Robitussin. It's amazing to me. She says she was pretty uh, surprised. There were no other signs, says Fetco, who since then has helped others as a spokeswoman for the Partnership for a Drug-Free America. I think Carl and his friends were under the impression that it was harmless because it was not illegal. There's a false sense of security, and it's so subtle. No smell, no needles, no drug dealers. You don't need a lot of money to buy it, and you can use it after mom and dad go to bed. You know, I wonder, of the people out there listening to this show, who have done dextromethorphan hydrobromide, or DXM. How many of you did it because you were under the impression that it was harmless because it was not illegal? Now, this is the typical sort of... I think of, that's kind of foolish, personally. What do I you mean? mean? I, 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 I'm not saying that people didn't don't think that. I'm just saying that that's a really Pollyanna attitude, um, to think that because something is a uh, drug that's you can buy over the counter that for some reason it's safe to take in whatever quantity you it's want absurd. to take it. Yeah, it absurd is absurd to believe that. And I I would I would be shocked if there actually is somebody out there that thinks in that way. Though this is the line of reasoning we are fed by people like the Partnership for Drug Free America and any politician that you approach with the with the idea of legalizing currently illegal drugs. If you approach a politician and say well, look, you give him all the reasons that we gave earlier as to why drugs should be legal. He'll come back and say, but then we're sending the wrong message. But you don't want to send the wrong message to children. If you make a drug legal, then that means that they should do it. You talk about legalizing heroin or cocaine, and people will really, really jump very quickly to, people will be dying in our streets. You'll have to bring along a dump truck with a with a front-end loader just to pick them up and... Throw them away. There'll be so many people die. But the fact is that what I'm pointing out is the politicians believe that the status, the legality status, the legal status of a drug is somehow a message to all Americans as to whether or not they should do said drug. So for some reason, because drugs are certain drugs are illegal, that's a message saying don't do those drugs. Because some drugs are legal, that's a message saying that these drugs are fine. Just do these drugs. It's okay. And it's so simplistic and so retarded. I mean, anybody that's ever looked at the di- directions on a drug knows that these drugs have some pretty severe side effects. 
that these drugs can be very dangerous and that you need to be very careful with how you take legal drugs. Just because a drug is legal does not mean that it is safe to use on a regular basis or safe to use even on a singular basis. You could have a complication. I don't think too many people are dying from over-the-counter drugs. Um, I, I don't think that happens very often. A lot die from prescription drugs. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, most over-the-counter drugs have been available for a pretty long time, so they've had a lot of testing, and they've managed to make them safe and do what they're supposed to do, that kind of thing. But they're still not safe, Mark. They're still drugs, and they alter your uh, sure. body's physiology. Sure, you can drink, I, I don't know, 100 ounces of DXM and kill yourself with it. Yeah, I don't know how much he drank, and I'm not sure what exactly the cause of his death was, but let's go on. Robo-tripping, or getting a hallucinogenic high with cold and cough medicines like Robitussin, has increased tenfold since 1999, according to a California Poison Control Center study released this week. The trend is nationwide, according to the six-year study on the over-the-counter drug use, or on over-the-counter drug use, published in the December issue of Archive Pediatrics and Adolescent Medicine. In the three years since Carl's death, which was reported by ABC News, use among even younger teens has increased 15-fold, according to the study. An estimated 75% of all users of Robotussin, or these similar products, were between the ages of 9 and 17. Now, from California to Massachusetts, that's a pretty big age, age range of, this, of that 75%. I would like to know how many are 9, 10, and 11. Yeah, well, I, I would imagine that most of them are towards the upper end. I would think so. I would think. I would hope. From California to Massachusetts, poison, uh, poison control centers answer more calls for near-fatal overdoses among teenagers, and many cases go unreported. This week in El Dorado, California, seven high school students were rushed to the emergency room after swallowing five to eight tablets of the cold remedy called Coricidin. Coricidin D. Coricidin? Well, anyway, at Barnstable High School in Massachusetts in September, a 14-year-old began vomiting through her mouth and nose, and her brown eyes turned black after she took up to 10 pills of Coricidin HPB cough and cold, medicine that students call Triple C, Skittles, or Dex, according to the report in the Cape Cod Times. Mm. The active ingredient that killed Fetco's son was indeed dextromethorphan, or DXM. Now, um... My experience with this drug, and I'm, it, it, it's not small, is is that you're going to vomit in, in most cases because your body can't handle the amount that you take or whatever, mm. and you, so you vomit it out. Ugh. So I don't know whether I consider the girl vomiting out of her mouth and nose, because sometimes when you vomit, you vomit out of your nose. Um, I don't know if I consider that near-death experience. I don't think they suggested that it was near-death. They were just... It's scary. You don't, you don't want this happening to your kids. More is no. on the way. We'll talk about why it's happening and what we can do to solve the problem. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control, bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. It's a Friday edition, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark? 1-800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. That includes the wiki. Over 900 pages created by listeners like you. That's right. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. That is wiki.freetalklive.com. Do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling. Give them financial literacy for Christmas. A Kid's, journey to getting, a, a Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. 
It's a great stocking stuffer and will be shipped to you by Christmas. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. We're talking about legal drugs tonight. Dextromethorphan hydrobromide, one of the more popular uh, drugs for kids, young people to take, although I'm sure some people in the older than 18 age bracket are also users. Essentially, uh, what they do is they'll down an entire bottle of Robitussin or some other similar cough and cold product like that. Also, apparently, Coricidin HPB cough and cold is another popular one. I think it's Coricidin. C-O-R-I-C-I-D-I-N. Sounds like Coricidin. Anyway, Fine. if you disagree, 800-259-9231. We'll have a spelling war. The active ingredient that killed Ms. Fetko's son, again, this young man, 18 years old, promising college career, had been accepted to an art school, uh, I guess talented guitarist, was allegedly DXM, which causes out-of-body sensations and hallucinations. An earlier cough syrup, Romilar, was taken off the market in 1973 after abuses were discovered. The trend re-emerged in the late 1990s. Robotripping takes its name from Robitussin, the second most abused cold medicine after Coricidin. So apparently the uh, triple C's are more popular. Users can suffer irregular heartbeat, high blood pressure and seizures, as well as overdosing and death. Mm. Alfred Olegas, clinical manager for the Regional Center for Poison Control and Prevention serving Massachusetts and Rhode Island last year, said younger kids are abusing all drugs, some as young as seven and eight. Wow. Says last year the center received The only thing I cared about when I was seven or eight is running around with plastic guns shooting at my friends. Uh, the center received 45 phone calls involving the intentional abuse or misuse of cold medicines, this is last year alone, uh, among 11 to 17-year-olds, even as the popularity of illegal drugs like ecstasy, LSD, and the date-rape drug GHB have dropped, abuse of over-the-counter medicines such as coricidin pills, Robitussin syrup, and other easy-to-buy products are on the rise, according to the Partnership for a Drug-Free America. According to the survey done by the group in May of 2006, one in ten U.S. teens abuse cough medicine to get high. Such abuse is on par with illegal drugs such as cocaine, crack, and methamphetamine. The group surveyed more than 7,300 teenagers in grades 7 through 12. So it seems like this is a problem. It, it does sound that way. One out of ten kids you, um, abusing Robitussin. So, of course, the question becomes, what do you want to do about it, America? What's your plan to save the children from these legal over-the-shelf drugs. I mean, what are you gonna? What are you gonna do? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. There are some people that have a few ideas in this article. We'll share them coming up. Misty Fetko, the mom of the eighteen-year-old who overdosed, says teenagers like her son think cold medicines are safer than PCP and LSD. She later discovered in her son's online journal that he was drawn to the hallucinatory effect of DXM. Some users become agitated, and others lethargic, confused, dizzy, or act as if they're drunk. Quote, there's a lot of peer pressure and stress for kids, said Fedko, who thinks her son was experiencing tension at school and from a family divorce. He wanted to drown it out and escape. Or maybe he just wanted to get high, Miss Fetko, and maybe he couldn't get his hands on PCP or LSD. Of course, not that I'm saying PCP is a very good idea, uh, but I don't know. Is that stuff even available anywhere? I mean, it... yeah, these days, I don't know. You probably have to go through some effort to get your hands on that. But maybe she's right. Maybe she's right about teenagers and their impressions about illegal drugs. Maybe they do believe, and wrongly so, that over-the-counter drugs are indeed safer. Maybe they aren't. You know, if you're getting your LSD or MDMA from a reliable source, then there's no reason why those drugs wouldn't be safe as far as their purity is concerned. Could you overdose on them? Sure. Um, Can you overdose on any drug? Yeah. 
It's obvious. But maybe kids really do believe that because these drugs are illegal, that they're more dangerous, that you're more likely to overdose on them, that you're more likely to die on those products. It, and would, it would seem to me that the impurities wouldn't be present. That's true. But also, it seems to me that if we were to legalize all drugs, all of them, not just uh, not just illegal drugs, but also prescription drugs, then they'd all be on the same playing field. Then they'd be part of a category of products known as drugs. And we could teach kids that drugs modify your body's physiology. They, uh, they're chemicals. They interact with your brain. Some of them do it in uh, more harmful ways than others. And before you put any drugs in your body, maybe you should be a little bit careful about it and do a little bit of research and try to understand what it is you're getting into. Maybe if all drugs were in the same category. Do you see where I'm going on, on this one? Yeah. If they were all just drugs, then maybe they'd be approached with an equal amount of caution instead of this sort of presumptive process of, well, it's legal, so it's no big deal. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, it seems so sad to me. I'm, just, I'm still stuck on the, the kid that died from cough syrup. I mean, it's, it's sad. So the Partnership for Drug-Free America says because these drugs are sold in pharmacies around the country and sit in their parents' medicine cabinets, teenagers believe experimentation is harmless, according to the partnership. The organization claims more glamorization of drug use in television shows and music is partially to blame. Quote, perception that drug use has self-medicating benefits has risen significantly since 1998. Well, I don't think that there are any uh, glamorizations going on of DXM. At least I haven't spotted anybody chugging Robitussin in, you know, Hollywood movies or television or anything like that. No, I, I guess that, that, that really would happens. be uh, amongst their peers. Yeah. It's definitely amongst their peers. This is big. And this is big amongst teenagers because it is easy to access. You just go to the store, buy it. Nobody thinks anything of it. Right. You take it home. Some oh. of them probably shoplift it and some of them probably buy it. That's true. Um, I would say that uh, the first step in what's going to happen, just prediction, not what I'm recommending, is, is that... Uh, Stores will have a uh, identification, 18 and older, to buy anything with dextromethorphan in it. There are actually some stores that are already doing that sort of thing, and that's why a lot of it is starting to get stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that here in a moment. And then um, the next step will be what they're doing with the pseudo, pseudoephedrine, right. which is uh, sign-outs. Um, you, you've got to sign it out. The, you've got to get it from the um, pharmacist himself, you know, that, all that stuff. You know, basically keeping it under lock and key, and you have to uh, check it out, as it were. When I was growing up, um, I didn't. Ne- I never, never thought for a moment that I could just pop the pills in my parents' uh, medicine cabinet and expect to be okay. I'm not sure how it is that uh, if teenagers really believe this, and I don't think they do. I think it's just the Partnership for Drug Free America just trying to spin the issue. I really don't believe it. If you are a teenager currently and you uh, know anybody who thinks in this fashion, who really does believe that, oh, because it's, uh, it's over the counter, I, I must be safe. I want to hear from you at 800-259-9231. I never thought that for a moment as a kid. And those, were, those were drugs, and they could be potentially dangerous. Well, I knew that. That's not, that's not the sort of thing that um, they think at all. They just don't think about it, I would imagine. They just, you know, they, if you think that it's safe, you don't think about safety. Safety is not something that you think about. That's true. If Things your friends being, are telling you you should do it, then that's probably all that they go on. Things being unsafe, people think about that, but not things being safe. The Internet also gives teenagers easy access to information on DXM use. It's funny, the article 
transposes it around. They call it DMX a few times in the article. Teens can use online calculators plugging in the brand of medicine and the plateau of the high they want to achieve to determine the right dosage. What those sites don't tell teenagers is that when taken in large quantities, DXM can cause the heart to race and blood pressure to climb, causing life-threatening side effects like seizures and elevated body temperature. Hmm. For Carl, the combustion of the painkiller, excuse me, the combination of the painkiller fentanyl, marijuana, and Robitussin caused his breathing to stop. The DXM, which is an opioid, can suppress respiratory function when taken in larger doses. Now, DXM, as in its legal capacity, is for suppression of coughing. Right. That's that's what it's for. I've got some in my bathroom right now. And if I get a cough at night or something like that, I'm going to take a pill of DXM so in the morning I don't wake up with a sore throat or something like that from coughing too much. I'm not going to take it under any circumstances because the smallest dose causes me to have unpleasant side effects. As you put it, uh, you like to go in the corner and write poetry, right? Yeah, it really messes me up. <laughs> 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Do you have experience with DXM? Do you really think that teenagers are this stupid? More on the way. You take control. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net. Toll free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there because we give them away. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for access to their websites. We do it for free at freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, if you like the fact that we give everything away and you want to help us uh, maybe get a few bucks in here, well, you want to shop with us. Head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest Internet retailer. 35 categories of products for you to shop from. You can buy everything from dextromethorphan hydrobromide to uh, to furniture to, el- to electronics. Oh, yeah, I know. I bought it there. Um, in fact, the reason I bought it was because uh, they have uh, a brand called Dexalone, which is just... DXM. Like, if you're looking for just cough suppression, that's the drug that you need. And that's what it's legitimately for, is uh, cough suppression. I didn't want all the uh, the other stuff that comes with uh, Robitussin, like acetaminophen, the other drugs that are in there. I right. just wanted DXM, and that's the way you have to buy it. So you can get that at Amazon. You can get all kinds of other stuff, uh, from furniture to electronic devices, books, DVDs, baby stuff. And if you go through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, FreeTalkLive gets a percentage of anything you buy. That's free talk, uh, Amazon.freetalklive.com. We're talking about DXM, talking about teenagers and drug use. And the Partnership for Drug-Free America seems to believe that teenagers are so stupid to believe that uh, they think, they believe that teenagers believe that in your medicine cabinet, it's safe. Whatever's in your medicine cabinet must be safe because it's legal. And I don't believe that teens really think that way. I think teens just want to get high, and their friends have told them that, hey, if you down a bottle of Robitussin, you'll get high. Maybe some of them have done more research than that, but I don't think that they really think much much beyond that. I don't know if they, I don't know if it's subconscious on their part that, oh, well, it, it must be safe because it's Robitussin. I don't know. And I would like to hear from somebody who has more experience with this. Uh, were you a teenager when you were using it, Mark? Or yes. You um, were. A, an early 20s. Um, and I'm pretty much done w- with drugs by 24 or something like that. How, how did you uh, – what was the first time you tried the robo-tripping deal? A friend of mine had uh, suggested it. For the purposes of getting high, right? Absolutely. What, um, did you not have uh, any marijuana well, I, uh, around or what? I mean, we were you doing other drugs at the time? We uh, we could have gotten marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was available. certainly cost more. Um, yeah. 
you know, that's what he wanted to do. That's what he wanted. He said it was great, and I would have had to have agreed at the time that I thought it was great, but I think that in the long term, it's it's bad for you. You're going to regret it. And, um, you know, I made some bad choices and some bad things happened to me while I was doing it. I wonder, if marijuana was cheaper, would you have gone with the marijuana? Maybe. Let's go to the phones. John in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, John. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, I blame the federal government for this uh, uh, this continuous chase that uh, young people do towards more and more dangerous drugs. And mm-hmm. not necessarily dangerous. It's whatever will get them high. Uh, we know from the time that we're children, we experiment with altered states from, you know, as children we spin around. It's a natural thing to kind of want to find some altered state. There's nothing wrong with that. It's true. Uh, Even animals in the uh, in in nature uh, will yeah, eat, eat tainted fruit, fermented fruit, and that sort of thing. Yes, all, all that sort of thing. So now, when you outlaw it, what what what, what it, you know, and it's not always a good idea to continue doing that. But <clears throat> my point is that the federal government is making it more and more dangerous because when I grew up, uh, the the war on drugs was. Uh, uh, you know, they're pushing pot out of out of uh, uh, teenagers' hands. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you saw people start to sniff glue. You don't hear about that anymore mm. because then they put restrictions on glue. Sniffing glue was very, very dangerous, just like what followed that. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't follow the whole trend, but then they get into huffing these dangerous yeah. chemicals. They're doing one thing after another. And as it becomes more and more illegal, and, and by the way, you know, uh, they also have the uh, ad campaigns where we're teaching our children that marijuana is oh so dangerous. Well, if it's that damn dangerous, why would they think anything else is any worse? Marijuana what you're is saying. probably much much safer than all of these things. Absolutely, you cannot uh, but, you cannot overdose. Them you can't overdose marijuana on marijuana. Marijuana is so dangerous. Um, they're just looking for things, and uh, you know, if you look. Like to Europe, say just with the drinking age, which is a whole other thing. You know, we pushed that from when I was younger; it was 18, and they pushed it up to 21. Mm-hmm. What happens? People have less experience growing up with it. If you look to Europe or some other countries, uh, some other places where, where where there is no drinking age. In fact, I, you know, I did this with my children. Um, if they ever asked me if they could have a little beer or wine or whatever it was. Absolutely. Sure, you're right there. What better time to do it? I mean, what better time to uh, have your kids explore that than with your parents right there to ensure that you're doing things safely? And I totally agree with what you're saying, John. And that is, and they learn how to handle it, and they learn, and they learn from that 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 there's a limit, and they'll they'll learn that there's a point where they feel a little funny, and it's not always good. And the consequences, but. John, the consequence, the consequence of them not knowing how to handle alcohol or Robitussin or marijuana or whatever any whatever the drug of question is, the consequence of an 18-year-old not knowing how to handle his alcohol has a result in that they will um, do what you say, Mark. They will uh, pregame, right? They go out and they, uh, for instance, because they can't go to a bar and get a drink, they will drink they go crazy like it. crazy before they leave. And then they'll go out on the town driving around or to football games or whatever, and they'll be just uh, trashed. Right. And you know, it's there's, dangerous. There's another point there where, where you talk about when uh, people driving around. You look at, like, I, I used to live in Massachusetts, and they used to have the blue law. Now you can buy alcohol on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But something that I learned uh, uh, before they changed that, you know, these people are on some moral high horse that, you know, you can't have alcohol on Sunday because <laughs> of some moral reason. Well, geez, what, what, what the hell's the moral... Uh, 
imperative there. I don't, when uh, I don't more understand. More alcoholics die on Sunday than, than any other day of the week. Because what do they do? They look for other things. People, people look for an escape. They, they're looking for something. And, you know, why don't we just leave them alone? With the war on drugs and with what these kids are doing, the death that's coming down, it's hello, thank you, federal government, yep, that's for right. the death to our children. Thanks to Prohibition. John, thanks, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You know, what happens is um, college students away from home, you're talking about university students, are best and brightest, supposedly. Yeah. Um, they're out there, you know, 18, 19 years old, some of them as young as 17 years old. Sure. And... You know, they want to drink like the upperclassmen can drink. The 20-year-olds want to drink like the 21-year-olds, but they can't go to bars and do it. Now, you know as well as I do, when you go to a bar, a drink costs 3 4 5 6 7 8 $9. <laughs> really? I'm yeah. not kidding when I say $9. I can go to a bar down the street and pay $9 for a martini. Okay. Um, and that's prohibitive. If I want to get smashed drinking out at a bar, which is where people want to drink, Yeah. Um. You have to lay down some major yeah, cash. Yeah, I, I might have to spend a hundred bucks just to get smashed. I don't know. Um, it doesn't. I I probably get smashed on uh, twenty-seven bucks. Okay. But uh, anyway, you know these kids. They want they they want to get go out and get drunk. They've never been able to do it at um, at home. It's dangerous. It's bad and all that other stuff. So mm-hmm. they'll, they'll drink alcohol before they go out. They'll all buy go in chip in on one big bottle of uh, liquor and right. Their twenty-one-year-old friend will go and buy it for them. Right. Come back. And how hard is that? I did it when I was fifteen. Um, and then they'll chug it. Um, they'll they'll drink. I don't know uh, a quarter of the bottle between them. Just and a, this a is tremendous insane. amount. And this isn't safe. And it's a legal product. Do they also believe that because it's legal, it's going to be completely safe to just chug as much as they want? It's a great. Uh, I don't know what they're they're not thinking. They I guess they are. They really aren't. They uh, really just want to be messed up. Yeah, and you know, so they drink a, a large quantity of liquor, larger than they would in one sitting under any other circumstance. Um, but they're you know they want to be they want to drink while they go out, and they know that if they take something on them. Now, the smart ones go to some store and buy the little flask and bring it with them, mm-hmm. but still, you're drinking straight liquor. I mean, who does that? These kids would just be drinking beers otherwise. Otherwise. Well, back to the story about dextromethorphan hydrobromide. The young man, 18-year-old, uh, who w- was found dead by his mother in his room because he had overdosed on uh, Robitussin, Fetco is his mom. She's a nurse. Says she was ignorant of her son's abuse. She had approached Carl a year earlier when she found marijuana in his bedroom. At the time, he told his mom that he and his friends had been experimenting. But he said, quote, I'm not doing hard drugs, so don't worry. Hmm. And apparently she didn't because there's not really anything to worry about when it comes to marijuana. But unfortunately, the government has sort of created these different categories of drugs. They've sort of made this hard drugs category up by making these certain um, certain drugs like LSD and MDMA and those drugs illegal. So because they're illegal and they're scary and there's all this propaganda out there about them, then they must be hard and dangerous, whereas these other drugs are soft and fluffy, like DXM, when in fact that's not the case. It's, it's a mistake to believe that. You know, I probably believed, I, matter of fact, I did believe, but the reason I believed it um, was because I read an article in some magazine, and it had to have been 1995 or 4 or something, mm-hmm. and I think it was Nova or some scientific type magazine, Omni, that basically said it was safe. Well, more coming up here, uh, 800-259-9231 on legal drugs and their abuse, and also prescription. We've got a prescription story about a man who's in jail for 25 years. Why? You're going to be outraged. And his jail term was just upheld. It's crazy stuff. 
Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. We're kicking off Hour 2 of the Friday edition. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so and do enjoy those at freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones, to the fun, Adam in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Just hung up. Adam is gone. Okay. 800-259-9231. I know those news breaks can be tough to hang through, but we will get to you if you are patient. He probably had somewhere to be. All right. So we're talking about drugs, legal drugs, Robitussin, as a matter of fact. Uh, last hour, we shared a story with you about an 18-year-old young man who overdosed on Robitussin. Now, the reason why is because his friends probably told him, hey, man, you should try some of this. I, you know, I know you don't want to spend sixty bucks on a bag of marijuana, but this is like five dollars, and it'll get you really high. I don't know how much Robitussin costs, uh, but it, it it is cheap. It's a lot cheaper than most illegal drugs, and it it will indeed get you high. Um, it's it's a bit hallucinogenic, as I understand it, right? It yeah, it's a little it's trippy, is what I would call yeah. it. Yeah. So um, basically, this guy overdosed and uh, died. His mom found his body the next morning, and then his mom decided that she was going to go and join the Partnership for a Drug-Free America because lobbying for more laws is going to put a stop to uh, people overdosing on Robitussin. You think? You think that's going to solve the problem? Let's just create some laws here, Mark. That'll be the that'll be uh, the end of the the issue, right? Well, I, I think the laws are the problem, um, it, largely with uh, these drugs and their abuses and uh, their effects and and all that kind of stuff. I think that it's the laws that we can point at. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't have a problem with people who don't want kids to, to do drugs. I don't want kids to do drugs. I want you to be an adult and know what's going on before you start experimenting with drugs. Oh, I agree with that. But I also have a problem with the, the parenting, uh, the type of parenting that essentially just leaves it at don't do drugs. I, I don't think you should just leave it there. I think you should have a more educated... I think parents should know more about drugs, and I think that they should uh, have more honest conversations with their kids about drugs. Otherwise, you're going to risk having a son like this guy who believed that he was avoiding hard drugs because, in his mind, the illegality of drugs like LSD and MDMA makes them hard and therefore more dangerous than a drug like DXM, dextromethorphan hydrobromide, the active, one of the active ingredients in Robitussin. So we've sort of created this fake um, upper echelon status for these illegal drugs when they're all just drugs. And all drugs can be dangerous if abused. And that's why we need uh, kids to understand and learn about all drugs without necessarily thinking, uh, somehow getting it into their heads, that there are two, uh, two very different statuses of drugs. There's not. They're just drugs. And you need to understand that they can all do very, very different things, and some of them are much more dangerous than others. In fact, some legal drugs are more dangerous than illegal drugs. You remember we had that uh, that graph that was published by, I think it was some sort of British uh, scientific journal, I forget who was behind it, but uh, they had taken the social, I guess, problems that have been developed through abuse of certain illegal drugs and charted them next to... The some legal drugs like ca- caffeine, alcohol, and tobacco. Mm-hmm. And according to that chart, alcohol is far more dangerous than not only marijuana, which everybody knows, 
but it's also more dangerous than LSD, mm. than MDMA, than some of the hard drugs. They essentially were saying that alcohol and its effects are harder than some of the illegal drugs. Now, that did, that study, um, it's been a little while since we read that, and I don't remember the specifics. You read it as opposed mm-hmm. to, to me. Did it, um, did it address the amount of use? Because... I would certainly say alcohol causes more damage than LSD causes on a global or community-wide scale simply by its I don't know. But usage. Maybe they did because heroin was ranked higher than alcohol. Heroin was like number two. Barbiturates were number one. Heroin was number two as far as most damage is concerned. No, when I say most damage, I mean most damage. I would say alcohol does more damage than any drug Absolutely. at all if you look at it from its social effects. Yes, but something else must have been factored in because heroin yeah. was ranked higher than alcohol. Right. So I anyway, in 2004, by the way, Walgreens banned sales of more than three packages of Coruscant and HPB to any age group. In response to this growing trend, uh, other markets like Rite Aid, Walmart, have voluntarily restricted sales of products that contain DXM to children younger than 18. In 2005, the company put age limits, Wal- Walgreens did, on the sale of Robitussin, according to a corporate spokesman. So even without the government uh, taking action on this, some um, the perfect example, Mark, of how some private companies might actually set up their own policies voluntarily. No, no government agency passed any laws to get Walgreens and Walmart to do these things. They did them on their own. Under federal law, pharmacies... I'm glad that they do, and uh, you know, I, I support them for doing it. Under federal law, pharmacies required, uh, require signing for cold medicines like Sudafed that contain pseudoephedrine to control the production of methamphetamine. Prompted by an, uh, teen overdose deaths in Florida, Washington, and Virginia this year, the House is expected to vote this week on legislation that would restrict the sale of DXM powder to researchers, drug makers, and other legitimate users. Now, I don't know. I've never heard of anybody getting their hands on DXM powder. I wouldn't even know where to begin uh, to look for DXM powder. But after Carl's death, his mom, Ms. Fetko, approached the administration at her son's parochial school to see if it was aware of this kind of drug abuse. I said, I knew Carl couldn't be the only one. They said they had no idea that it was a problem. She spoke to Carl's senior class since the tragedy and holds an annual wor- workshop for parents. Quote, I had a lot of trust and faith in Carl. What I learned is that every kid is vulnerable. Parents need to be aware of what is in the medicine cabinet at home. I work as a nurse in a large emergency room in central Ohio. I should have been right on the pulse of this culture of drug use, but even I wasn't aware. It's, that's, it's shocking and sad. I don't know how shocking it is. I think it goes right to the heart of how uh, effective kids can be at preventing their parents from uh, letting on that they have a drug problem. But you would pretty think, good at it. I would think um, that a nurse would be a person better able to uh, identify the the sort of aberrant behavior that comes from uh, you know using drugs. I'll tell you, you can't use um, D uh, dextromethorphan. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the abbreviation is. Uh, dextromethorphan without having effects in your w- normal hours. I mean, it affects you normally. Yeah, but I mean, if it's if it's an 18 year old young man, it's and he does not it all un- the time. And- it's not unusual. Well, nobody suggested that he did it all the time. That wasn't suggested in the story. But mm. I mean, if you're a parent and you're a busy mom. Working at a nur- you know at working as a nurse, she's been divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, she's busy, probably got long hours, and who's going to think anything of your 18 year old sleeping in on a Saturday night or a Sunday a Sunday morning? Yeah, that's what teenagers do, right? Yeah. So I don't necessarily think that his behavior might have been totally abnormal. And could be. And kids are really good at covering this stuff up, which is why I really think it's important for parents to understand what is available to their kids. And to have an honest uh, and open conversation about drugs, especially if you've used drugs. As a parent, 
please don't be a hypocrite and tell your kids, oh, don't do drugs, son, and then act as though you're Miss, uh, you know, Mr. Angel, Mr. Angelic, as though you never did anything in your past. Maybe you should be open and honest with your kids about your history and talk to them honestly about drug use. Such a radical idea? I don't know. 800-259-9231. You share with us what your strategy is with your kids. How do you address this with your children? I'd like to know. Let's go to the phones to Matt in Israel. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Matt. Yeah, hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Yeah, I just wanted to comment about the whole drug thing. I could tell one thing. My grandfather is a doctor, well, was a doctor. He's retired by now. He had prescription, you know, he had prescription uh, books in his house. And one of the scary, he was scared all the time that, you know, someone would come and steal them because those are worth a lot of money. You know, they steal those and then they prescript, they, you know, they make prescriptions for whatever drug they want. Oh. And then they go and get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, when you said and, prescription books, I was a little confused. Now, you no. mean the actual pads oh, yeah, of paper yeah, yeah. that they write prescriptions yeah. on? Got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, there was a problem over here, and you know, about a lot of teenagers uh, overdosing on all kinds of drugs and everything, and uh, the one thing that actually solved it is when, in Israel now, 90% of the drugs are over the counter. You know, you don't need a prescription. Really? 90%? Get, That's pretty good. You can get a lot, well, I don't know if 90%, I might be exaggerating here, but you can get a lot of drugs over the counter. And, you know, a lot, and... Uh, you know, not surprising, at least not surprising to me, most of the people still consult the doctor before they take them. That's good. That's a yep. sensible thing to do. And it works great. So the great message is reduce the laws about it. It's going to work just fine. People are smart Absolutely. enough to Absolutely. They are smart enough. And thank you for the call, Matt. We appreciate hearing from you. Um, 800-259-9231. You get rid of the laws. You make it so drugs are just drugs. And then we start educating people uh, about drugs and start having open conversations about them. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so do enjoy those. And that does include... Updates. You get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something new to announce. Updates.freetalklive.com. All of it there for free. Freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. Specifically, I'd like to point you to the first 1,000 pledge. Time is running out on the first 1,000 pledge. We have until the end of this month to get to 1,000 signatures. We're now over 60% of the way there, which is good news. But I, you know, I just don't know if we're going to make it, Mark. I hope we do. And me too. I mean, we've got two thousand people a day that download this show. That's enough right there to make the first one thousand pledge. I mean, this is this is real. This can happen. Liberty in your lifetime is a possibility, but only if you step forward and do something about it. Because if you sit back and you wait for somebody else, oh, well, someone else will sign it for me. Oh, I don't have to worry about it. I'll just let those other activists do uh, do all the hard work. Well, if everybody says that, then nothing gets done. So please consider heading over to freestateproject.org and signing the first 1,000 pledge. So we've been talking about uh, drug use, drug abuse, 
but not uh, not the normal sort of drugs that you'd expect that a radio show would be talking about, dr- LSD and MDMA and other drugs like that. No, we've been talking about DXM, dextromethorphan hydrobromide, and actually been about an hour now that we've been talking about it. Yeah. Because it is an epidemic in America. Teenagers, uh, one in ten teenagers admit to abusing dextromethorphan hydrobromide. That's an incredible number. Yeah, that is. I would have never guessed that high. And, uh, again, I, I think that the answer is total legalization of all drugs. That way, anybody can buy these drugs, um, providing the stores will sell them. Now, we've seen clearly that some stores have voluntarily put restrictions on the drugs that they will sell to teenagers. And, actually, everybody, I guess Walgreens, will only sell a certain number of triple C's, as they call them, to anybody of any age. Really? So, um, if the store will sell it, anybody should be able to buy it. And as a result of that, people are going to be a lot more careful about what it is that they get into. They're not going to have these, this sort of false misconception of that there's different categories of drugs, that if it's illegal, it must be bad and I should stay away from it, but if it's legal, it's okay and I can pop as many pills as I want to. This is sort of the unspoken rule when it comes to drugs these days in this country, and it's wrong, it's bad information, and it's hurting our kids. You know, obviously, this this chi- this guy, this young man, died from using this stuff, so it's clearly not safe. I mean, it, I I wouldn't have guessed that uh, dextromethorphan could kill somebody, but apparently it did. So, dextromethorphan hydrobromide is not the only drug on our minds tonight here, Mark. Uh, also, we're going to go to a jail in Florida, I believe, and visit with a man who has a 25-year sentence. What was he doing to deserve 25 years, which was approximately a life sentence, in prison? Um, from uh, Maia Slalovitz, um, a New York Times writer. It wasn't published in the New York Times. This is a okay. New York Times writer. Um, in, mind-boggling, in a mind-boggling act of sadistic legal um, back, buck passing, I can't bring myself to glorify it with the word reasoning, The Florida District Court of Appeals upheld a 25-year mandatory minimum sentence for a Florida man convicted of drug trafficking for possessing his own pain medications. Richard Pai, a wheelchair-bound father of three young children. Now, we have talked about this gentleman before. We have. um, When he first went to jail. But uh, now he's had an appeal. And so there's an update on the story. Okay. He has, um, and, and in this case, the update is that he shan't be going home, the district court um, approve the 25-year sentence. They said, yes, there's no, nothing's been done wrong here. And his conviction was for what? what was Possessing his own pain medication. But no, wasn't it drug dealing? Or what was the, the actual crime that he... Was drug trafficking. Drug trafficking. Yeah. <laughs> it he, sounds like he's endangering children with that sort of charge, right? He's endangering the population of Florida. We need to lock this man up for 25 years. He's trafficking in narcotics. But he had his own prescription medication. Let's get the details in the story. He has no prior criminal record. In fact, he's an Ivy League law school graduate. He's, uh, he has ha- had not one but two extensively documented, excruciatingly, excruciatingly painful chronic disorders. Mm. Multiple sclerosis and chronic back pain due to Yikes. an injury suffered in a car accident that was treated by a surgery that made matters worse. This surgery was so egregiously misguided that TV exposés and numerous large malpractice judgments resulted. Pai um, has already been in prison for three long years. Oh. Now we um, isn't he wheelchair bound? He's been in jail um, for three years. He's actually only been sentenced into prison for like a year and a half. Or so. Okay, but, you know, Time why served. split hairs, right? In prison, a place not exactly known for medical kindness, he has been given a morphine pump, 
which now daily gives him similar or higher doses of medication that he was convicted of possessing illegally. Why was it originally that he was convicted of possessing his own medication? What uh, series of events led to that happening? Well, uh, right here. So why is he serving 25 years? Tipped off by a pharmacist ignorant of pain management, Florida authorities decided that the doses of painkillers he was receiving were so high that he had to be selling the drugs, not taking them. They found no evidence of this, however, even though putting him under surveillance for months... Yeah, when you put somebody under surveillance and they're selling drugs, it's pretty obvious. Right. Like, people come to their houses, because that's how most uh, drug dealers do it. They're lazy, so they have people come to their houses. So this guy would have had uh, car after car, or at least a few cars a day, coming mm-hmm. to his house to buy these products. It doesn't sound like he's too mobile, so I doubt he's hopping in, the, hopping in his vehicle, driving around town and delivering these uh, products to other people. Now, they were also able to get him for forgery of um, these prescriptions because they did manage to convince a New Jersey doctor who Pai claims authorizes his prescriptions to testify that, in fact, Pai was forging them. The doctor was told that he would face similar lengthy prison sentence for trafficking if he'd authorized such high doses for a patient who had moved from New Jersey to Florida. Um, And... You know, so they threatened the doctor. They threatened the doctor, and so the doctor sent him up the river. So all of this started in the first place because some pharmacist, mm-hmm. some do-gooder, busybody pharmacist, spotted uh, spotted this guy ordering some pills and said, "Well, this is way too much. He can't, he can't be taking these." He made a judgment call. He called in the DEA, and then the DEA came in and, and uh, continued the investigation. Threatened this other doctor with charges. Made it so this doctor who. He doesn't want to lose his practice. He's got a family probably to take sure. care of. So he went ahead and rolled over on this other guy. He, made, he essentially made it up, right? Well, it was either say that he forged them or say that he wrote them. One of them is going to jail is yep. what the cops said. Oh, my gosh. To add the exquisite ironies of the case, the reason Pai qualified for such a lengthy sentence was due largely to his possession of acetaminophen. That's Tylenol, not mm-hmm. opioids. Pai was taking pills that included acetaminophen and oxycodone, but the state counted the weight of the acetaminophen towards the weight of illegal drugs. Oh my gosh. No, wait a minute. Let's explain. When you're taking oxycodone mm-hmm. or hydrocodone and you got like a Lortab 10, yeah. uh, that's 10 milligrams of hydrocodone. Right. Now, hydrocodone is the illicit substance, right? This is the stuff that will get you high. There's usually 700, 500, 325 to 500 to 750 milligrams, milligrams of acetaminophen of in, right. in the, as filler, essentially, right. um, in, the, in these pills. It's a painkiller, too. It's relatively it's innocuous. Weaker. They right. might as well just put it in there, right? So you're saying that they, in a 700, say an 800 milligram little tablet... 10 milligrams were uh, were the active drug. Right. 790 milligrams were acetaminophen, a completely legal drug to possess in tremendous amounts. Right. But they counted that towards the amount of hydrocodone? Correct. That's great. More on the way. 800-259-9231. Don't you feel safe now? The government's protecting you. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8 toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there, including archives. We've got an entire year's worth of show right there on the front page of the website for your download and convenience at freetalklive.com. Send a gift this year from 1-800-Flowers.com, and you won't even break the bank. They offer flowers and gifts from 1999. Mention code FTL, and you'll save enough to buy a matching pair of slippers for your wife. What's that in there for? 1-800-Flowers.com, your florist of choice for the holidays and every day. Well, some people love their wives, Mark. They- Hey, my wife's getting something very... I'm not telling you what it is. Ooh. Very nice. Nicer than matching slippers. Um, I, slippers are probably a good idea, actually. I'm probably, I can stuff stockings with those, but they can't be very expensive. Yeah. She's All getting right. a very nice gift this year. So we're talking about a What's man... What's your girlfriend getting? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And she's not getting me anything either. Well, from what you just said, that means you don't love her then. <laughs> I was uh, jesting. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Just joshing you. 800-259-9231. Real nice. The packet 8 toll-free line. All right, we're talking about the war on drugs. Uh, the war on prescription drugs. Because you have to remember, there's different statuses when it comes to... Uh, stati? Is statuses a word? I don't know. A stati would be the direction I'd go with that. Uh, anyway, there are different uh, levels of status for drugs. And you've got legal drugs, which can be bought over-the-counter. You can walk into the store and buy pretty much whatever you want over-the-counter, those legal drugs. Then there's prescription drugs, where you have to have an approval from a doctor before you can get your hands on them. Right. And then there's, of course, illegal drugs, which we spent uh, some time already talking about here tonight. Everybody knows about them. But nobody really focuses too much on prescription drugs. Uh, Even though it is a problem, prescription drug abuse is a serious problem in the United States, it's not really talked about very often, especially on talk radio, which tends to be more of a political nature, when it's a serious issue. In fact, the government takes it really seriously. They've got laws in regards to prescription medications, and the laws are allegedly to protect you from yourself. That's what the point of them are. Uh, well, they're also the other point of the laws is to protect the doctors and continue sending them business. Because you can't, you know, once you get your refills, you, you run out of refills, you have to go back to the doctor and have another office visit in order to get another prescription so you can keep keeping the pain away, as this guy was, who was in a car crash, had severe back trauma, also has developed muscular sclerosis, multiple sclerosis, multiple sclero- sclerosis. very pain-inducing uh, situation this guy is right. in. Right, he's, he's, he's in a lot of pain. And he He was had... getting a lot of pain medication. Right, and uh, apparently what happened was the uh, pharmacist spotted the amount of pain medication coming in and probably either was a busybody or didn't want the DEA to come uh, jump down his throat, so he reported the guy to the DEA. DEA steps in, goes to his doctor in New Jersey, the man in question lives in Florida, threatens the doctor and says, you either say that this guy was forging prescriptions or we're going to throw you in jail. So the doctor rolls over on his own client and makes it up, essentially, saying that the client was forging prescriptions, which it wasn't the case. Then they throw this guy in jail for 25 years. Why? Because he had his own prescription for his pain that he received when he got into a car wreck. And the reason that he got 25 years was because they weighed the whole pill rather than weighing the amount of illegal substance in right. the pill. And so they weighed a bunch of um, Tylenol. Yeah. This is crazy. And and now he's in prison. Right. 25 years. And the District Court of Appeals 
um, said that it's okay. You know, I mean, he appealed it and lost. It's, oh, my gosh. In upholding his sentence, the majority, that's in the district court, uh, majority argued that it was that it was not so grossly disproportionate as to be cruel and unusual under Florida's Constitution. It's not cruel and unusual under Florida's Constitution to put a man in prison um, on, you know, inflated amounts of drugs that he was prescribed. A crippled man. Yes, a crippled man that is currently on morphine <laughs> in prison. Has a morphine pump. He's pumping morphine. So now he's on better dope than he was before. Morphine is far and above more powerful than, of a drug than hydrocodone is. I don't. I, I the only time I've ever heard of anyone getting morphine, and I, I'm not an expert in these opiate areas or anything like that, is in a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be under the supervision of. Oh, I've seen it on the black market. I've seen it on the black. I'm sure they can get yeah. it stolen, but right. I'm just saying. Um, That's where it comes from. I don't think they prescribe morphine for to the take most part. It. They don't. Right. That's like one of the last, the last resort as far as prescription for pain medicine mm-hmm. is concerned. Morphine's one of the last ones you can take. This is crazy. Yeah, it's the legislator's role, they said, to determine the appropriate laws based on harm done by drugs to the community. And prior case law has upheld so the judges, lengthy mandatory minimum for drug crimes. So the judges are passing the buck back to the legislators, just like the cops do. Yep. Like we had the cops on the show the other week who were saying, "Oh, it's not our fault. We're enforcing these laws. We just enforce the laws. You should take your issue up with the legislators." Well, according to this, um, basically they they um, appealed based on the fact that it's a cruel and unusual sentence. Yeah, and the um, yeah, especially when murderers get less time. Didn't have to figure out whether or not he was guilty again. They simply had to figure out whether the sentence he got was cruel and unusual. So I and can't they said, say nope. It's I entirely fine. argue with this, but God, shouldn't there have been a guy there that said, "Wait a second, he didn't do this." And uh, you know, I don't understand this, yeah. and I'm so happy to be out of Florida. Good riddance to Florida. What an insane place. Essentially, since Pai's sentence wasn't death or life without parole, it's okay. Even though it was a nonviolent first offense committed by a person <laughs> suffering extreme pain without evidence that he was actually oh. planning on selling drugs, Pai's family, who had been hoping he'd be home for Christmas, oh. will have to wait. The bottom line... Another 21 years. Mm, the bottom line for the majority was that the law has been applied inappropriately because the outcome... Um, excuse me. The law is inappropriate. No, no, no. The, the, lie, the law has been applied appropriately because the outcome was just in this particular case. Pais should seek clemency from the governor, not appellate court relief. Noting that the facts in the case invoke sympathy for Pai. Now, by the way, clemency from the governor takes years. Mm-hmm. So years. maybe he'll get out in 10 years instead of 20. Woohoo! Maybe, but I wouldn't. But see, here's the thing with the with the uh, the governor. Why? What is his motivation for letting this guy out? Maybe his daughter was caught with crack cocaine. Maybe that's why he'll do it. But I, he's not going to. There's no, no reason. He's not going to put any kind of because what? If, He'd be soft on drugs if he did that, Mark. No. Here's the reason. Because what if Pai did it? Even if it was an infinitesimal chance. Now, if what if he enough, forged the prescription? What if he forged the prescription and went out and somehow or another got caught with drugs again? Mm-hmm. Then Jeb Bush has made a mistake. And he's not going to – he'd rather let this guy rot in prison for 25 years than to make a mistake hmm. that he has no control over and is going to, you know, um, affect his chances of getting reelected and all that he other stuff. He can't get reelected. He's, uh, he's, his terms are up. I don't, is that so? Two terms. He's done. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. I thought that Bob Graham was in there for such a long time. Anyway. Eh, he's done. Well – but I, I see your point. Your point, nonetheless, it, it makes sense. He's a politician. What benefit is going to come He's not going to go in front of Bush anyway, because in all likelihood, 
um, his case won't get seen by Bush. I mean, it won't have enough time to be seen by Bush anyway. He has mm-hmm. to go into this long list of um, inmates that all are All the other people who want clemency. Right. All these people seeking relief, and it takes a long, long time. What a sad story. Is there any more uh, from maybe his lawyer or anything like that in there? Um, let's see. It's, it's is there just, another appeal, or is this it? He's he, just he put can, away now. It, that, that's pretty much it. Um, that's it. Can he go to the Supreme Court or something? He can appeal it to the Supreme Court. And I hope maybe, he does. Maybe they'll... Uh, you might as well. <laughs> yeah. You're in jail for 25 years, my man. You got nothing better to do. Wow. The judges um, noting the fact that the facts of the case invoke sympathy. They concluded Ooh. that Mr. Pai's argument about that's his nice. sentence does not fall on deaf ears, but falls on the wrong ears. The only glimmer of hope was the thundering dissent by Judge James Seals. He gave us hypothetical examples of situations in which an innocent person could be similarly convicted of drug trafficking by dint of simple possession of large quantities of drugs. And then it goes on to, um, you know, once again, this would not be a this would not be a case. This man who has a family, this crippled man in a wheelchair with multiple sclerosis, chronic back pain. This guy would be uh, living whatever kind of life he could live, as good of a life he could live outside of a prison cell, which is, you know, it's, it's better to be outside of a prison cell than anywhere else. It'd be in a much better life. He'd be living that life right now were it not for the war on drugs. And that includes the war on people abusing prescription medications. Who cares if he's abusing the prescription medications? At least then he could still somewhat take care of his kids or maybe go to work as a, a law professor or a, a lawyer as, as per his training. But now we all have to pay to keep him in prison for the next 20 years. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so do enjoy those. They're on us at freetalklive.com. Also, uh, if you want to help support the show, then you should vote for Free Talk Live. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com to cast your vote for the show. It'll only take you a moment. That's vote.freetalklive.com, and it makes a big difference for us because your votes help propel us to the top of the podcast charts. In fact, we've advanced from fourth place to third place in the world um, thanks to you, vote.freetalklive.com. Now, us being up in the top ten, like we are, is good because more people will come across the show, which means more new people hearing the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's important to you, head over to vote. .freetalklive.com. From Jennifer uh, Santiago, CBS4, did you know that just possessing six pills of a prescription painkiller that doesn't belong to you can land you in jail for years? Well, we know it, Jennifer, but I don't think a lot of other people do. Some are facing a 25-year-long prison sentence, uh, prison nightmare in Florida and throughout the United States because of the way the law is written. Penny Spence's fate changed after she accidentally crashed her car into a tree in Coral Springs last year. She wasn't under the influence of drugs or alcohol, but she had one thing that could land her in jail for 25 years. Police found 49 and a half pills of the prescription generic equivalent of Percocet that used to belong to her mother. Mm. Spence was dealing with the recent death of her mom, who suffered from Lou Gehrig's disease. Spence told uh, Ms. Santiago from CBS4 that she was her mother's caretaker in her last year of life and oftentimes had to lift the 130-pound woman on her own, worsening a pre-existing back condition. Her mom was completely paralyzed. She says she was tired and in pain at the time of the accident. 
What many like Spence don't know is that with just six uh, prescription painkillers, such as Percocet, allow prosecutors to charge you with trafficking uh, trafficking under the state's mandatory minimum drug law. Crazy. Just 28 grams of the painkiller is so enough. So a bottle of pills, um, if you happen to have a bottle of pills from your deceased mother, yep. then you're a drug trafficker. You are a drug dealer, and you're going to jail under the same mandatory minimum sentence the last guy we were talking about went to jail under 25 years. This is the kind of crap, this is the nonsense that the drug war leads to. I mean, you know, politicians have to get tough on drugs, get tough on crime, and this is the kind of legislation that comes out of it. Six pills, six Percocets. I mean, they're not even Percodans. Um, I think that's what they, what you call the the full fledged uh, mm-hmm. drug um, like that. But I mean, it, these are just the minis. That's it's ridiculous. The uh, Penny admits uh, oh, she was originally charged with possession by the police, but later prosecutors upped her charges to drug trafficking because hmm. they're tough on crime, right. Mark, and they're going for re-election. Spence says as she sobbed. Trafficking is definitely not a bottle of mom's pills. And she's right. But then again, she is she's right. a sensible individual that isn't politically motivated by a, a career as a prosecutor or a city attorney or whatever it is, bureaucrat uh, position that these people are looking for. She doesn't have political motivations to attack innocent people with charges and throw them in a prison for 25 years. So she still has some sense about her head. Unlike this prosecutor, these prosecutors who are doing things like this, Penny admits that she always carried her mother's pain pills on her, and at times, she'd even take some. (gasps) Mark, can you believe this? This woman's taking Percocet without a doctor's prescription. Oh, what is the world coming to? We need to protect her from herself. Throw her in the prison. Throw her in for 25 years. That'll teach her a lesson, and that'll show everybody else who ever considers taking a Percocet in their entire life. Without a doctor's prescription. You know, the thing is, is you can go to a doctor and get a prescription relatively easily, I would imagine. I mean, I I had some, uh, oh, I, I ruptured my eardrum, and they gave me a prescription for like 24 lore tabs with the ability to refill it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was the ability to refill it three times. It didn't, I, I, no way. It's a little much for your pain, I, is what you're saying? I, I didn't, I felt like I would be fine, and uh, I didn't need them, so I didn't go and get them. I see. Well, Penny, uh, again, she admits she, she carried the, her mom's pain pills on her. The, uh, the law works against those who are Spence's shoes because in Florida statutes, there's no need for law enforcement to prove that you were actually trafficking the pills. There's no need for them to prove what you are using the pills for. The statutes rely on the amount of the pills you have uh, to, uh, that you have to charge you with trafficking. Now... Ignorance of the law is no excuse, Mark. Everyone should have known. I mean, Ms. Ms. Spence should have known that she was going to get charged with drug trafficking for having more than six pills on her. I mean, how could she have been unaware of this? Why isn't she reading the code in the uh, the law books that applies to prescription drugs? Clearly, she, is, she, she probably has a job and doesn't have time to read oh, all that Oh, come crap. on now. She's dropping the ball on her responsibilities as a good little citizen. Yeah, that's all right. citizens should be aware of Florida Code statutes in Section 746.173A. Now, if you don't know what the statutes are in there, then you have some reading to do, mister. Apparently, well... This is absurd. I've been guilty of the same charge. The same one. 
You better keep quiet about that, man. Statute of limitations. They're going to have to extradite you down to Florida. I didn't Charge say you. when it happened. Oh, okay. The law works against those who are in Spence's shoes because in Florida statutes, there's no need for laws, uh, law enforcement to prove that you were trafficking under Florida's mandatory minimum drug laws. Just 28 grams of a prescription painkiller carries a sentence of 25 years. Possession of the same amount of cocaine only gets you a mandatory three-year sentence. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> The illegal drug gives you far less than the, the um, semi-legal one, the right. pres- prescription one. So grab yourself a kilo of Coke, start slinging that around. Yeah. What's ironic is that Percocet contains a large amount of acetaminophen, the ingredient found in Tylenol, but that doesn't factor in when authorities weigh in the amount of pills that are found on a suspect. Robert Beatty says, I wish I had a dollar for every time I've spoken to a parent or a family member who said, I didn't know this could happen in America. Well, gee, maybe that's because people are under the mistaken impression that the government is here to protect them, that the government uh, in America is free. They support freedom. America is a free country. Everybody sort of grows up with this mentality that they live in a free country, and they don't realize how oppressive the government is until it comes home to roost, until it hits home with them, with their family, with their friends, until somebody they love and care about gets thrown in the clink. Or something stupid like this. Then it all comes home at once, doesn't it? Then it all then all that realization weighs in immediately, and you come to realize that maybe this America freedom thing isn't all it was cracked up to be. Maybe someone's been a little dishonest with you about what you can and can't do in this country. Beatty's a law professor and a resident of the uh, president of the Tampa Bay Chapter of Families Against Mandatory Minimums, a D.C. organization dedicated to ridding the country of such laws. Though the group has had luck in pushing for the laws to be removed from several states, Florida has not been one of them. And then they go on to talk about the Pai case, which we discussed earlier in the hour. 25 years. I, I mean, is there anyone, anyone within the sound of my voice that believes this is appropriate? It sounds, it's just... Grossly inappropriate, from what I can tell. Is there anybody, anybody who, uh, maybe a prosecutor's listening, who can help us out with this? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Doing this, I don't understand it. I, I think they're they're the most despicable, some of the most despicable individuals in the government system. Daniel writes in, Ian, I've never been raided by an early morning SWAT team. None of my dogs have ever been shot by sadistic cops. None of my friends have ever been arrested for for possession. So I'd like to share with you an accounting of how this war on drugs has improved my life. Just about every winter, I get an ear uh, infection. It's called otitis media. It's where the eustachian tube of one or both of the ears becomes inflamed because of a bacterial infection. Mm. And you get the ear equivalent of a stuffy nose. Most likely, you probably had the condition once in your life, probably when you were a kid, because of how children's tubes are arranged in their heads. The infection can be treated with antibiotics, but that's not really necessary because the body can fight it off easy enough. But the condition is really painful. Imagine the feeling you get when flying and your ears have not popped. And it gets worse and worse every day. Wind, water, clothes, or fingers brush the earlobe, and it feels like someone has buried a dagger into the side of your head. Wow. Sometimes the pressure builds up so much that the eardrum ruptures. Sleeping is nearly impossible. Though painful, it's not really life-threatening most of the time, nor is it threatening to the long-term hearing function of the ear. It can be, but for me it's just a quality-of-life issue. It is treatable. Pseudoephedrine, known by the name Sudafed, reduces the swelling of the eustachian tube to the point that the trapped mucus can drain out, relieving the pressure and the outer ear sensitivity, and giving the body's natural immune system a chance to combat the infection. But guess what the Oregon legislature has recently turned into a controlled substance? Mm, just that. Pseudoephedrine is used by Pseudo-ephedrine. some... Pseudoephedrine. Pseudoephedrine. 
either way, I think, is used by some illicit drug manufacturers to create methamphetamine. In an effort to combat clandestine meth labs, the Oregon government has made pseudoephedrine available only by prescription. Holy crap. Are you kidding? This by is the next step. It's the next step. They've, the, the first step was to make it so you had to sign a form. Right. The first step was to put it behind the, the counter, and you had to sign a form and show your identification to get your hands on it. But that wasn't good enough for the Oregon legislature. And we'll talk more about what they've done coming up here in moments in hour number three, 800-259-9231. Aren't you feeling safe yet, America? Aren't you happy that your government's looking out for you with a 25-year mandatory minimum sentence and prescription mandations for Sudafed? More's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the Friday edition, hour number three. We're kicking it off. Ian here with you. And Mark. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. As always, you can bring up whatever you want. Hence, the name of the show is Free Talk Live. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we have live streams, a broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version as well, both free for you and freetalklive.com. We're talking about the war on drugs and pseudoephedrine, apparently now a drug that needs to be having a war uh, waged upon it, according to the Oregon legislature. One of our emailers writing in here, uh, Daniel, telling us that he gets uh, an ear infection about every winter. It's called otitis media, where the eustachian tube becomes inflamed because of a bacterial infection. Uh, essentially, it's an ear equivalent of a stuffy nose. Right. And he says that pseudoephedrine is, uh, also known as Sudafed uh, right. by the brand name, is very effective in helping him treat this particular problem that plagues him on a once-a-year basis. So, normally, you would just go to the store and get yourself a box of Sudafed, go to the checkouts, and your problem solved. Uh, that's it. But things have changed over the past couple years in America, in every state in America. In fact, the federal government has recently passed legislation that makes it so that you have to go to the pharmacy counter, ask for Sudafed. Then they're going to ask you for your driver's license. You're going to show it to them. You're going to, they're going to take your name and address down. They're going to have you sign a piece of paper. And then you get the Sudafed. And you can walk up to the front of the store and check out. So that's an inconvenience. That's a that's a bit annoying. We've had a few people call into the uh, the, the program to say that they've tried to go, for instance, to an, a, one of those overnight 24-hour places like a Walgreens and get their hands on uh, get their hands on some Sudafed, but there was nobody at the pharmacy at the time, so they couldn't get it. So Just, that's it. Yeah. Sorry, be sick tonight. So it's been an inconvenience for a lot of people. But in Oregon, it's getting worse because the Oregon legislature has recently turned pseudoephedrine into a controlled substance. Yes, that's right. You need a prescription to buy pseudoephed in the state of Oregon now. Now, our emailer Daniel says, I don't have insurance to cover a doctor's appointment, so the appointment's going to cost me $96. Visiting a doctor at the... Yeah, visiting a... That sounds about right for a doctor's appointment. Thanks, legislators of Oregon. Thank you very, very freaking much. Now, in order to get pseudo, Sudafed, 
I have to pay $100. Yeah. I've got to pay the doctor and sit in, and how much time do I lose at work, and all this for your stupid war on drugs? Well, we've got to keep children safe, Mark. You, you know, Don't you care about children? Oh, I, I love children, and I want parents to keep their children safe. It's not your job to keep children safe. If so, you'd mandate that every table came with a round corner. Do you not love children? How come you aren't mandating that chil- the tables come with round corners? Look, Mark, we've got to deal with this methamphetamine problem before we start dealing with rounded tabletops. Why don't you get out of my damn life, my tables, Mark, there and are people manufacturing drugs. methamphetamine in their back rooms, and it could blow up and kill children. Oh, oh, hold on. It, how, where are the children coming from in the back room? The children in the house could be, could be killed by their parents manufacturing methamphetamine. We they need could to be killed, kids They safe. could be killed in the house by a whole bunch of stuff. If these people are stupid enough to manufacture methamphetamine, they're stupid enough to um, you know, use a gas-powered engine in the house, too. You just hate kids, don't you? I just hate politicians. Yeah, me too. That's who, They're the ones who are responsible for this. Well, visiting a doctor at the free clinic would be cheaper... But I still have to pay for the visit because I don't qualify for charity care because I have a job. And I hope that the price of prescription Sudafed isn't much more expensive than the old $4 box. You know, a, a few winners uh, with this prescription and uh, you'd pay for your trip to New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have to live in Oregon. Great point. So, uh, Pseudoephedrine, right. So he hopes that, uh, Pseudoephedrine, I've tried the non-prescription, or the, excuse me, the non-Pseudoephedrine versions of Pseudoephed, because they've come out with these yeah. non-Pseudoephedrine versions. It's the Pseudoephedrine uh, that ma- makes al- the difference. Alternative versions. He says, but getting relief from those is like trying to get drunk from Pepsi. <laughs> Clandestine <laughs> meth labs would not exist but for the war on drugs. I understand the need of the, commu- uh, the need to rid the communities of these labs because the government prop, if the government propaganda is to be believed at worst, they can blow up, or at best, they create massively unhealthy living conditions for nearby residents. But a purposefully designed hot lab, like the ones the Army used during World War II to create amphetamines for their pilots, would not be likely to blow up or infect the surrounding neighborhood. But meth manufacturers cannot create overt hot labs set up by professionals because of the war on drugs. Right. Because the drug is illegal. So I guess I'll live for the next few weeks with the infection until my body can fight it off naturally. Thank you, Government of Oregon, for serving me and improving the quality of my life. I guess there's some truth to the saying, better living through bigger government. Seek Heil, Citizen Daniel. Can't he just uh, send away at some online uh, pharmacy somewhere? Can't? Can't? Doesn't um, Amazon.freetalklive.com sell um, pseudoephedrine? Yes. That may mean, though, that they may not sell it to people in Oregon. Hmm. It's worth a look. It sure is worth a look. They may not, but uh, somebody will. I mean, at $96, it's, it might even be worth I mean, if the pain's that bad enough, it might even be worth just driving to the next state over. Yeah. And picking some up at a the local Walmart. The pain is excruciating. Um, he's not lying. I know what he's talking about. 800-259-9231. Coming up, we're going to talk immigrants, but we're going to the phones first to Cat in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Cat. Hey, well, guess what's happening in California? Tell me, Cat. Well, a lot of fucking concerns. Whoa! You can't say that on the radio. Now, uh, we're going to uh, j- just continue on. Please don't use those words or we will have to get rid of you. Bear Valley Springs right now. What now? There's a lot of... It's a gated community. It's Bear Valley Springs. It's really beautiful. What's going okay. on in Fair Valley Springs, Kat? Uh, a lot of people are concerned. <laughs> what are concerned they concerned about? What? About a woman. What? What woman? Who? Cat? I think huh? she fell over. What what woman are they concerned about exactly, sweetie? Well, yes. 
I guess you. guess which woman? Um, let's Kathy Imberry. Who? Kathy Imberry. Is that a Sean politician? West's Who is that? Daughter. Whose daughter? Who? Whose daughter Who? is that? That's what I want to know. Is that huh? your daughter? Huh? Is it your daughter they're concerned about? Uh, no, it's fucking me. Oh, okay, you're out of here. Sorry. You know, you were right, Mark. I should have gotten rid of, the, yeah. rid of her the first time. We're going to have to do a zero tolerance on this, it's aren't gonna, we? It's got to be, man. I'm just telling I try you. To, I try to be nice to people. I try to give them a break. She was real. She really sounded like she could be very, very funny. But, you know, if she's going to slip up that early, she's going to slip up again. And I guess you're right about that. Yeah. Are we going to have to institute a zero tolerance on this? Because uh, that's, that's what it's sounding like we're going to have to do. The last I'm, time we had the cop on the phone, we had the girlfriend of the cop on the phone. Yeah. Somebody who should have known better, right? Well. Some law-abiding friend, a girlfriend of a cop, and she cursed. Uh, she uh, dropped the s bomb on the air. We said, "Okay, sweetie, we'll give you one more chance. Please don't do that again." And then she got all upset and emotional and dropped another one. Yeah. I I I have to. I'm of the opinion it should be zero tolerance when it comes to uh, cuss words. I think that it's yeah. uh, that's what's fair to do to our uh, affiliates, and I think that if you if you say it, you got to go. All right, new policy. Be careful when you're on the air, or you're done. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's a shame. I wanted to know who that lady was. <laughs> Besides drunk. Man, I never heard somebody belching so often on the airwaves. You know, it, that, that, it's six. It's six fifteen in California right now. Yeah. <laughs> she just got off work. And she's three sheets to the wind. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, hey, cat. God bless her. Cat in California. Maybe you should just send us an email. That would be more fun. A little more safe that have, way. Have one for me too. You can curse all you want in your emails. That's fine. We'll just edit it out. Yeah, no problem. All right. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Talking immigrants. Let's go to a story about the laws that they're passing. Federal. Uh, excuse me. Fed up with government inaction on the hot button issue of illegal immigration. A growing number of American towns according to the AFP, are taking matters into their own hands, adopting controversial and some say illegal legislation. From making English the official language of local government to banning foreign flags, more than 30 cities or municipalities across the country in recent months have adopted anti-immigrant measures. Now, I, if you, if you ban every, every single foreign flag, I don't have the problem with it. If you just ban, say, the Mexican flag. I think that that's, you know, just uh, bigoted to uh, pick one particular flag and, and get I rid believe of it. they have banned every other foreign flag, but we're, we're going to get to the, the laws here in a moment. Many have also passed laws banning landlords from renting to undocumented immigrants and penalizing local businesses that hire illegals. Observers say such measures reflect a growing sense of frustration with the federal government's ongoing debate on how to deal with the country's estimated 11 million illegal immigrants, most of them from Mexico to Central America. So, like the war on drugs, Mark, we now have a war on immigration. And uh, do you think that these laws are going to have any effect on immigrants? Well, they're going to have effect. Find out. Coming up here on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8 toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, and that does include... The bulletin board system. Over 140,000 posts uh, await you. Over 1,300 people are interacting there. And it's a lot of fun. There's serious issues, fun stuff, all kinds of fun things at uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Is there a little person that's important to you this Christmas? Give them financial literacy for Christmas. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, 
and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. It's a great stocking, uh, stocking stuffer and will be shipped to you by Christmas. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Talking about the new laws that have been passed around the country in regards to illegal immigration, these uh, local elected officials are taking action. They're going to shut down this illegal immigrant problem by passing more laws, and here's what they've done. We're going to go down the uh, the laundry list of the variety of different laws that they've created here. Uh, the, here we go. Pahrump, a desert outpost in the western state of Nevada, along with a growing immigrant population, the local council in November voted an English-only ordinance, along with a measure barring residents from flying a foreign flag unless... It's placed below an American flag. So, yeah, Mark, they did ban all foreign flags from being flown in the event that they are the only flag being flown, which, of course, really affects the uh, Hispanics more than anyone else, considering it's Nevada, and that's who most of the uh, the immigrants are. But well, nonetheless, I now mean... Now, it's the flying of a flag? $30, excuse me, $50 fine and 30 hours of community service. Now, here's what... I, I have seen used car lots that fly all kinds of flags. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen, and hotels around the world fly other countries' flags. Generally, you fly the flag of um, the person, you know, an important guest that's staying there or something like that, or sure. a guest that's staying there sometimes. Um, but these are all places that also fly American flags as well. They do, but they don't fly them over the other flag. Well, now they have to. Um, because, you know, it, on a hotel, they'll have several flagpoles, and they'll fly all the flags of right. the people who are staying in the hotel. Um, in the uh, in the case of used car lots, they'll just have you know essentially a three by five flag on a aluminum stick, you know, um, put put around. That's unacceptable now in Pahrump. That's dumb. Well, we got to protect our culture, Mark. We got to keep them, keep our culture safe from these illegals. They want to get here and fly their flags and stuff. Can't have that. Well, the thing is, is this doesn't really even affect. What do you most... think? Is the land of the free? <laughs> most of the um, Mexican flags I see are. Uh, CDs hanging from people's rearview mirrors, mm-hmm. stickers. I think we could qualify that. That's not a flag. That's a, it doesn't look like a flag. Got them, them colors on it. No. We're going to charge you a $50 fine. $50. Wait a minute. If I just took a uh, bare naked ladies CD and hung it from my rearview mirror, could you call that a flag? It doesn't have flag printed on it. That's Wait a minute. How do you know? I mean, well, I've you, seen I, it. You just go to the encyclopedia. There's a list of flags right there, son. <laughs> I see. Come so on. if there's um, the printing of an existing flag on a CD, That's and right. that CD, what if the CD has music on it? Don't matter. It's a flag. <laughs> it's not a flag. It's a CD. If you're flying it Clearly, like a flag, sir, it's a flag, my you, friend. It's not a flag. It's it's hanging from fishing wire from my rearview mirror. Hanging equals flag. No, <laughs> hanging does not flag equal flag. Flag equals $50 fine. Pay up. Well, I have a... I have a uh, tag from our Radio and Records uh, seminar that we mm-hmm. went to that has my name on doesn't it. Doesn't have a flag on it though. No, it doesn't. And but it's hanging from my rearview mirror. Exempt? Hanging. Is that a flag? You're exempt. It's not a flag. <laughs> oh God! In Hazelton, an industrial city. The, you know, how how dare you think that you can fly <laughs> a flag in America? Who do you think you are, you flag flying people? You must have under you must have misunderstood. This isn't the land of the free at all. At least not in Hazleton, an industrial city in the northeastern state of Pennsylvania, local authorities justified the adoption of a tough, tough anti-immigrant ordinance by arguing that illegals contribute to an increase in crime, failing schools, and are a burden to the city's resources. No, 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 I think they've got it wrong. The city is a burden to my resources, and I would like to outlaw you. How about that? I'm going to write a law tonight, Mark, that's, uh, that outlaws the city of Keene that we live in. 
Sorry, you don't have enough elected people in your uh, oh. your legislator to be able to do that. Hmm. Rob Toon Kai, spokesperson for U.S. English, a group that promotes the use of the English language in government and has helped uh, several towns draw up ordinances to that effect, says such measures have nothing to do with racism. Quote, official English legislation as written has nothing to do with criticizing immigrants in any way. What it says is you can't walk into a government office and demand service in a language other than English. For critics fear such measures will eventually lead to more general backlash against legal immigrants or anyone who looks different or even speaks with an accent. Uh, the attorney for the ACLU says, quote, they almost represent a kind of green light for discrimination against immigrants generally and against U.S. citizens who may appear to be foreign. Um, and as we've seen, these laws have actually had an effect in driving out both legal and illegal immigrants from communities. So they are making a difference sure. in that the legal immigrants are leaving because in a lot of cases they may have like a, a Hispanic product store mm-hmm. um, and uh, tienda and uh, the, the their customer base are just is just drying up because you've got ICE uh, agents raiding people's businesses, arresting people, and uh, essentially scaring people out of town. Your business is drying up. You might as well leave too. Go to a more friendly area. Well, and and your you know relatives your, could some of them could be illegal or and you just don't feel welcome. You know if they hate I sure the, if they hate the illegals and I look like one, mm-hmm. don't they hate me? They pretty much do. They pretty much do. Uh, John Watt, the uh, ACLU lawyer, says the practicalities of how these ordinances work tend to encourage people to discriminate generally against folks who look for folks uh, foreign regardless of their immigration status. Sure, because, um, you know, if you're looking for illegal aliens and a Mexican walk, a white person walks in, are you going to question them? No. If you're looking for illegal aliens and a Mexican um, walks in, are you going to question them? Yes. Suddenly, do they deserve to be questioned? Are no. discriminated against? Right. They don't deserve to be questioned. They don't deserve to be. Uh, sus- you don't. You, you, they don't deserve to be under suspicion. This is outrageous that it's going on here in America, and they aren't going anywhere soon. Just because they shift away from certain communities to other ones doesn't mean they're just going to throw it, throw up their hands in the air and uh, head back to Mexico just because you pass a bunch of laws. The war on immigration is not going to be any more successful than is the war on drugs. And in fact, there's actually some information that you've got, Mark, we're going to get here into, uh, get into here in a moment about how Hispanic immigrants, both, I guess, illegal and illegal, or maybe just the illegals, are tr- contributing tremendously to one state's economy. At least the one state that's been studied. We'll right. find out about that coming up in a moment. But first, Kurt in Michigan, you take control of the airwaves on the amplifier line. Hello, Kurt. Gentlemen, how are you today? Good. Good. What's on your mind? Well, um... Actually, I'd like to preface what I was going to talk about with something about the flags, where, you know, each flag has a specific dimension. So if what they did is just hem off a half inch on either side, technically it wouldn't be the flag of that country. Technically, you're right about that. Now, I wouldn't go, uh, uh, I wouldn't go trying the officers of law to see whether or not they would find that uh, to be, you know, technical enough mm-hmm. um, to not charge you, because I think they certainly would. It would depend upon the war chest you have for litigation, I guess. Uh, yes, and Indeed. you know the war chest that the uh, local government has is going to be significantly larger because they're it's always true, going to be able true. to pay it in taxes. That's what stinks about the whole thing. I, I, I wanted to say I made good on my promise. I don't know if you received it yet, but I went out and doubled my amplifier money. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little behind uh, on catching up with amplifiers. I plan on catching up uh, tomorrow. I've got like 24 emails in the amp box. Some of them... Just got to process through those. Kurt, I know you had something else on your mind. I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to come back to you. 800-259-9231. 
That is the toll-free number, and you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Again, we're going to talk about how immigrants are good for the economy. I know, it's a radical idea, but it just might be true. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. That's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free there, and that does include the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. Uh, head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's First 1000 program. Are you just going to talk about freedom, or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the First 1000 pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we go back to the phones, back to Kurt in Michigan on the amplifier line. Kurt, you're back on Free Talk Live. Thank you very much. So what was on your um, mind, Kurt? I wanted to bring up uh, intellectual property. Okay. Um, and from... From the shows that I've heard in the past, uh, I know that you're pretty much against it, Ian, whereas Mark sees some use for it. That's pretty um, much accurate, yeah. I would think. Now, I mean, it, it, I'm a musician. So if, and I can understand the idea where you can't own a chord progression, mm -hmm. and how do you stop somebody from playing your music in a bar? And I agree with you on that. But if you take a more extreme example, say, for instance, a David Duke-type character, if he were out of prison, was going to run for the Senate again and wanted to use my version and my recording of a song to help him do so. And since I feel that that would give the people in his district at least uh, a tacit, you know, in the, in the insinuation of tacit approval from me, mm -hmm. I think I should have the right to do that because that particular version of the song represents the money that I spent in the studio with the instruments that I spent and the work that I put in on it. Now, if you want to go and record another version of it, and it is obviously not mine, then, I mean, I can explain that away. You know, somebody says, well, what do you think about that? Well, I'm against his candidacy. Mm. But when he uses my specific version, it gives an air of, of my condoning it. Yeah, I see where you're coming from on that. I am not quite sure uh, exactly. I mean, I sort of, uh, I like the idea of coming up with some sort of a market alternative for protecting your ideas. I'm not quite sure I got how the, that I've works. got the market alternative for that particular issue. What is it? Um, you know, and, and uh, believe me, I support intellectual property to some extent or another. I think that it should be reasonable. Um, in that particular case, if that happened and you didn't have any legal recourse, um, the people that would care that that was your, uh, you know, that, that, that you were endorsing him, um, you know, so either be you famous or, um, you know, not so famous that, you know, it would depend on how many people would care. So if you're Led Zeppelin, lots of people would care. If you're, you know, who you are, um, not so many people hey, would care. Hey, you don't know. He might be Led Zeppelin. <laughs> he might be, but he, then he's lied about his name. Yeah, okay. Not quite. What's that? Not quite. Okay. Not quite Led Zeppelin. Getting so, there. Getting so there. anyway, um, all you'd have to do is put on your official website, be it Led Zeppelin's official website or mm -hmm. your official website, um, you know, disclaimer. disclaiming that I had nothing to do with David Duke's campaign and I think right. he's a racist, bigoted jerk. The people that cared 
would go to your website and say, "Hey, did you know?" And the, and the research would get out. I don't think you would. I think would that's face a good any... point. What, what about what about work product? Say, for instance, I I hire somebody to come up with ideas to streamline my process, and the day before he's going to institute them, he's going to take the money that I paid him, walk to the walk to my competitor, and say, "Hey, I got this to sell you as well." Well, uh, that that would be a contractual issue. Um, I have had to sign contracts for employment before. Um, and, you know, I mean, I don't know. Some of them I haven't, and some of them I have. Um, and uh, they all want me to sign non-competes, which, uh, mm, no thanks, I'm not doing that. Well, right. And, and, it's, and you can really negotiate your contract, because I've said, no, I'm not signing a no-compete, um, you know, unless it's really, really, really specific. I like what you're going on this one, Mark, because uh, contracts are really uh, are going to be key. If we get the government out of all these areas that we're talking about getting them out of, then something has to um, replace it to make sure people are honoring their agreements. And to that end, contract insurance and the reputation rating system is going to be the way to go, at least the way I see it. So, for instance, you get you when you hire this guy on, Kurt, you in the agreement say that these uh, certain information he comes across is uh, business secrets and need to be kept that way, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He signs off on that agreement, and in the agreement is a contract insurer, a third-party organization that you both a- agreed on. He's agreeing by signing the the contract to use to essentially back you up on this. In that, if he violates the agreement. Uh, then you get an insurance payment from the contract insurer. They, of course, investigate to make sure that, indeed, you aren't trying to scam them and all of that. And if it turns out that this guy really did blab about your business secrets, then his reputation rating, uh, either either he makes good somehow or his reputation rating takes a huge hit. And then he's going to have a hard time getting uh, anybody else to enter into any contracts with him in the future. Sort of like how eBay has a reputation rating, which you may be uh, familiar with. Well, not so much work secrets, but the, the information that he has come up with, but I paid him to do so. Yeah, that, that can all be in the contract. You know, all this, all the things that he does under your purview. That's pretty much what part. happened with David Letterman when he switched from one network to the other a long time ago. Is basically so, the one network had the you know had all of his intellectual property. That's the reason that uh, his mm. band um, there. What's Paul? Is that the the name of the guy that? Yeah. Paul Shanklin. The That's the reason they're not band. called the world's most dangerous band anymore, is because that was the intellectual property of really? C- CBS instead of yeah. ABC. I don't know. That's one of the and reasons why. Yes, yeah, sir. Go ahead. The CBS Orchestra, if you ask me, anyway, the world's most dangerous band. You know. I'm sorry. So I, 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 why, I can understand why they'd want to keep that. Yeah, it's. I, I would want to keep the world's most dangerous band. I yeah, thought that was cool very name. clever. And now who's getting to use it? Nobody, right? No, it's just sitting in some you know file. What holder. a waste. What a waste. Hey, Kurt, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing Thank from you. you. 800-259-9231. Mark, you did a great uh, great job there arguing all the uh, anti-intellectual property points. Well, yeah, um, you know, <laughs> it, just in those particular circumstances, um, in, in the one circumstance, I can definitely understand why you would want a law in place to be able to protect you from somebody using your uh, music. But, you know, there was in, you know, for, for the objections that he had, yeah. um, there was something to answer that. You know what concerns me is is that uh, there are people out there that are writing books right now that are um, you know giving you know giving out a great deal of knowledge. People out there that are uh, um, companies out there that are creating drugs that may not be motivated to create um, such ex- put such expense into research and development. Right, and as I've an explained, author. as I've explained, you're uh, operating under the current paradigm yeah. of inventions and rewards and all of that, and that would just simply shift under a different 
paradigm, and that would be without anti without intellectual property protections on the government's part, um, the incentive system would be different than it is today. In that, perhaps universities would come up with these ideas simply for the renown uh, that the creation of said products would bring them. Um, there are other possible ways for products to come about that uh, aren't necessarily the way you're thinking of. That's all. Um, 800-259-9231. Let's go back to immigration, though, because uh, intellectual property only has so much, so many legs. Uh, <laughs> back to immigration and how it is that maybe these illegal immigrants aren't such a bad thing after all. Right, Mark? From the Reuters, um, Dallas, the Texan, Texan economy would have been almost eight. Billion dollars poorer in the last fiscal year without illegal immigrants who added to state coffers but were a drain on local government, says a report by the state comptroller. So, this is like good news and bad news. And, um, uh, you know, it's just basically said some of the things that we've said is that I have, to- I have said in the past that we have a very, uh, an economy that's growing very slowly in mm-hmm. some sectors. You wouldn't be seeing the growth. As a matter of fact, I'd venture to say you'd see diminishment in those areas if it wasn't for illegal aliens being in this country right now. Our economy would be in the crapper. So this is an example. This is what's happening in Texas. Okay. The report, billed as the first detailed look by a state at the impact of undocumented immigrants on its budget, is likely to stir further debate on, emotional issue of, on the emotional issue of illegal immigration in the United States. The Pew Hispanic Center examine, um, estimates, estimates that, there, that the United States has 11.1 million undocumented immigrants as of 2005. Okay. Of these, it said Texas accounted for 1.4 million um, to 1.6 million. Many Americans say illegal aliens, mostly from Mexico, take jobs from locals, depress wages, and commit crimes. And many Americans are completely ignorant. We'll address it all coming up here. 800-259-9231. Of course, some of them commit crimes. A percentage of any population commits crimes. We'll come back with all the details. Your calls as well about anything. 800-259-9231. Only moments remain. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, Friday edition. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy them. And if you do enjoy the show and you do enjoy the website features for free, then maybe you should consider supporting the show. There's two ways you can do it. Actually, there's more than two, but I'll tell you about two now. Store.freetalklive.com. That's where we sell Free Talk Live branded merchandise. Very high quality, nice stuff. Hats and yes, T-shirts. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, also, the Free Marketeer flag. We've got classic archive DVD sets. And those of you that have ordered the DVD sets... Um, thank you for your patience. It's taken a little bit longer than we expected to get those particular orders out the door. Everybody else's orders have shipped, so the people waiting on the DVD sets are the last ones to go out. Uh, it was just a technical problem. DVD burner failed. We had to go and hire somebody to, to do the job. And So anyway, those are on the way. I have seen the box, and uh, I, Johnson showed them to me over a webcam last night. They're, they look very nice, the uh, the DVD sets. So. Well, you know, I, I know that... They just chuck full of the, all the old episodes. You get what six of them in there? You get uh, six discs. Uh, there's two different. You can buy um, you can buy the combo pack, I think, mm-hmm. or you can buy just uh, season one and season two. Mm-hmm. So you get all between season one and season two. You'll get all of our local shows, every single one that we ever recorded, which is virtually now, I, all. Hold on, wait just a second, there, Mister. I seem to recall a couple of shows very early on where you were like, "Shoot, I forgot to record it." 
That's why I said virtually all of our local shows, <laughs> the ones that we recorded. One the ones that we recorded. <laughs> right. There was uh, – it's maybe – there might you've be five nine, lost episodes. You'll get 99%. Yeah, yeah, five lost episodes yeah. or something. And, and and if you happen to be sitting at home with nothing to do and, and uh, recorded the uh, lost episodes of Free Talk Live on your radio in Sarasota, Florida unlikely. on a cassette tape, give us a call. That's very unlikely. So, yeah, you get all those old episodes and more, and uh, and that's all available at store.freetalklive.com. Plus, there's some perks uh, involved in the, the, the DVD archive sets, because you might say to yourself, well, I'm an amplifier. I get classic archives because I'm an amplifier. Well, amplifiers get kind of a low-quality, Internet-distributed version of the classic archives. The archives on the DVD sets at store.freetalklive.com are as high quality as you can get. I see. Um they're recorded off the radio in those days, not directly in the studio like we do today, but they're recorded at a very high bit rate, so they sound pretty good. Um, plus, you get uh, you also get the uh, the classic 60-second promos that we created from way back when, which uh, many of those are unavailable today on the Internet. So there you go, store.freetalklive.com. And also head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn about the AMP program as we go back to talking about immigration. Still enough time for your calls at 800-259-9231. And how immigrants help the economy, right, Mark, according to the Pew Hispanic Center? It, it, it seems to be undeniable. The absence of the estimated 1.4 million undocumented immigrants in Texas in fiscal 2005 would have been a loss to our gross state product of $17.7 billion, said Texas comptroller Carol um, Keaton Oh, so this isn't just the uh, Pew Hispanic Center. This is the bureaucrat. This uh, was a comprehensive study that was uh, done. You know, I mean, it's obviously didn't just pull some numbers around and throw something together. They did a big, you know, big deal. Wait a minute. Let me just to be clear on this. This is eleven. This is one point four million illegal immigrants. Right. So that's not even factoring no. in the other immigrants. That it's doesn't see, have any, just the illegal. We're not talking about just Mexican people. We're okay. talking about illegal immigrants. Right. The report says that it would be a loss of 2.1% of the state's gross domestic product. That's that $17.7 billion. That's 2.1% of their product, which is the um, broadest measure of all goods and services brought into the state. That's what a gross domestic product is. Undocumented immigrants produce $1.58 billion in state revenue. That's the money going to the state government, which exceeded the $1.6 billion in state services they received. Hmm. So they, they put in more than they received. Wait, they put in 1.5 but yeah. got 1.6? Right. That doesn't sound like they put in more than they received. I'm sorry. Um, 1.16. They received 1.16. Right. It's, got it. 1.5 received 1.1, basically. So they aren't a burden on the system, then, is what that says, which is a, a, a common claim you hear. However, local governments bore the burden of the $1.4 billion in uncompensated health care costs, which I guess that means they're going to the local clinic Mm. and getting free health care, hmm. and um, law enforcement costs not paid for by the state. So, so stop giving away free health care. Uh, that's what I, I would say that. Right. Um, you know, there's, why should we be giving away free health care? You know, if, if, because we're socialists. If you want to, if you really, really, really have to give free health care away, make them prove citizenship before you give them their free health care. We shouldn't have government-provided health care. I, what I totally to have, concur. What we need to have is charitably provided health care. I totally concur. Hospitals have charity wings. They uh, This uh, this is not I'm, a difficult thing to I'm do. I'm just talking about steps, you know, steps yeah. that um, could be looked at. If this is such a big deal... You don't need... St- I mean, the, really, getting rid of government-sponsored uh, welfare I agree, you don't is need a one-step process. You slash it out. You say, six months from now, it's done. And then all of a sudden, you're going to see it. It'll probably happen within weeks. 
You'll see within weeks private organizations popping up, stepping in, and taking care of people that need to be helped. I totally concur. Yeah, I do. I do. The totally market acts concur. fast, especially when it comes to people's health. But people sometimes they need training wheels in order to get down to things like that. That's mm. that's all I'm saying. The net increase to state revenues came from payments such as sales tax and other user fees. So the money that the state got was from sales tax uh, from the illegal immigrants. You know, the problem with your incrementalist approach, Mark, mm-hmm. is that at every increment, you fight the bureaucrats. Every time. At every inc- mm-hmm. increment, you fight the people who are operating the free health care programs because they're collecting a paycheck, and they don't want that to go away. And they're going to fight well, you every single step That's the problem that the libertarians the have had all along is that they've only wanted to fight from the outside because they want to f- form their own party. And I say we do what we've done in New Hampshire. That's why this is the only way this is going to work. Mm-hmm. That's why I think incrementalism will work here in New Hampshire because instead of just ripping free health care out from underneath all these people that have probably lived their whole lives with free health care, mm-hmm. you just slowly take it away little by little. Yeah, I don't agree. But go I, ahead. I know you don't. I, I would prefer not to see it that way, too, Ian. The report says removing illegal um, migrants from the state would lead to a tighter labor market and higher wages. That's what people That's what have they said. they want. On, right. Without the undocumented immigrant population, Texas's workforce would decrease by 6.3%. The most significant impact would be noticeable tightening in the labor market. Of course, the, uh, the other side of that coin is higher prices. Higher prices Shh, on everything. Don't tell anyone that, though. Because if they're paying their workers more, the costs are going up, and you've got to make that money back. And um, another good chance is, is that businesses from Mexico, uh, businesses will go elsewhere, <laughs> yeah. and they'll, they'll move across the border and then ship their products back in. Sure. Because the labor's cheaper down there. Yep. Why not do it? Without the un- – um, let's see. I'm sorry. The tightening would in- induce increases in wages while um, pay increases may- can be viewed as a positive social and economic development – when they rise due to labor shortages, they affect economic competitiveness. Yeah. In this case, Doesn't exist it would in be vacuum. expressed as a modest decline in the value of Texas' ex- exports. Hmm. So, yeah. Labor increase isn't in a vacuum. You can't just have the, the price of labor right. increase and have everything else just uh, nothing changes. Something else is going to change. Right. It's going to make um, – because – it's going to make the businesses on the fringe in Texas less vi- – you know, Texas business is going to be less viable because there's going to be less profit made. The ones on the fringe are going to drop off. Therefore, um, you know, people are going to lose jobs. So this is backing up what we've been saying for years now on Free Talk Live, and that is that immigration, illegal and legal, boosts local economies, helps the local economy. Right? That's what this is yeah. saying. All right. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Here's a here's a quick email for you, Mark, from Brian. New element discovered. <laughs> a major research institution, MRI, has recently announced the discovery of the heaviest chemical element yet known to science. The new element has tentatively been named governmentium. Governmentium has one neutron, twelve assistant neutrons, seventy-five deputy neutrons, and two hundred and twenty-four assistant deputy neutrons, giving <laughs> it an atomic mass of three hundred and twelve. These 312 particles are held together by forces called morons, which are surrounded by vast <laughs> quantities of lepton-like particles called peons. Since governmentium has no electrons, it is inert. However, it can be detected as it impedes every reaction with which it comes into contact. A minute amount of governmentium causes one reaction to take over four days to complete when it would normally take less than a second. 
Governmentium has a normal half-life of three years. It does not decay, but instead undergoes a reorganization in which a portion of the assistant neutrons and deputy neutrons exchange places. <laughs> in fact, Governmentium's mass will actually increase over time, since each reorganization will cause some morons to become neutrons, thereby forming isodopes. That's isodopes. I said it right. The characteristic of moron promotion leads some scientists to speculate that governmentium is formed whenever morons reach a certain quantity in concentration. This <laughs> hypothetical quantity is referred to as critical morass. Thanks to Brian for emailing that one in. That's cute. It really was. I, I read that one, too, and it was awesome. Very accurate. I mean, that is essentially what government does. It slows down. I like how the, the best part is where it talks about how the reaction with governmentium takes four days to complete, whereas without it would take less than a second. That's what government does. It burdens you. It burdens you down. And it makes things take longer. That is, It's completely unnecessary. Without government, business would transact faster. People could open up new businesses faster, and we'd all get to keep all the money we earned. Vinny in here with you. And Mark. See you tomorrow night for the Saturday show, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.